Did you know there is a remedy that does miracles with your body and your health? It is proven to, number one, control your weight. I'm not looking at anyone. <laughs> control <laughs> I'm not looking at my wife either. So the remedy is there, proven to have these benefits. Number one, control your weight. Number two, reduce the risk of heart disease, coronary heart disease, heart attack. Benefit number three, it lowers your blood sugar and helps maintain healthy insulin levels. Benefit number four, it helps to have positive mood, helps to deal with stress and reduces the risk of depression. You're wondering, what is that remedy by now? Seems to be miracle working, right? Benefit number five, it improves your cognitive ability. It helps to elevate, alleviate that brain fog. It helps with memory, concentration. Benefit number six, it improves the quality of your sleep. Wow. What kind of remedy is that? It does all those things. And benefit number seven, it increases your longevity. So seven benefits, science and experience support all of those benefits. It's proven, it's tested, and it has all of those benefits, that remedy. On top of that, there are no side effects. Zero side effects. And that, and that remedy that I'm talking about is free and available for everyone. Wow! We thought you would be selling us something, Pastor, but it is, is it free? What is that remedy? Anybody can help me? <laughs> um, Pastor Clayton Child is right on the spot. He says walk, but to, 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 to make it even broader, it is exercise. It has all those seven benefits, no side effects, and it's free and available basically to everyone. Exercise, exercise. Well, is everybody using that, that remedy? <laughs> Not really, why? Well, it's not easy, right? They say the hardest thing to do is to get outside and, and start moving, actually. So it's not easy, but it's worth it, right? So many benefits. They say you, you walk for first 15 minutes, you warm up, and then you start reaping those benefits. After 15, 20 minutes, you're actually reaping the benefits. And it's God's given remedy, I believe, because it was given even, even in the Garden of Eden. God gave us ability and the task to look after the garden, right? <laughs> in perfect environment. So if there is a spiritual remedy like that for your spiritual life and for Mars, my spiritual life, what that would be? Is there a spiritual component that would bring all of those blessings into our lives? 
We've start, we, we started before, a couple Sabbaths ago, we started to learn what it means to know God. Is knowing God important? Is knowing God critically important for us? living in 21st century, before the times that will bring about probably the most intense things that would ever, that would, that ever happened in the world just before the second coming of Jesus. How important it is for you and me to know God personally. So we looked at general revelation, how God reveals himself. We looked at special revelation. We were talking about the Ten Commandments, revealing the character of God. We were talking about scriptures. And finally, in Jesus, God revealed his character. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the, the Father. Knowing God depends on your personal relationship with God. There is no other way. There is no shortcut. It's between you and God. Getting to know Him. Becoming His friend. Spending time with God. Just like with anybody, if you want to get to know people, you need to spend time with them. So, Pastor, what are the benefits? If we would be spending time and getting to know God, what are the seven benefits that you can give us? Seven benefits of knowing God personally. I'd like to give them to you real quick. We won't take too much time, I hope. <laughs> seven benefits of knowing God. Benefit number one, you will become a believer. Benefit number one of getting to know God, you will become a believer in God. Because faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. If you are lacking faith, if you don't really know if there is God, Spend time in his word. Learn of him. And your faith will grow. And from unbeliever, you will become a believer. There is no shortcut. But by knowing God, you will be a believer. You will know Jesus as your personal savior. As the one who is near and dear to your heart. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 9 and 10, we, are, we, are, we read, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places, talking about the heavenly sanctuary, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. The word I want to emphasize here is the confidence. It's, it's faith. 
that grows in you when you get to know God personally. And here the Bible is trying to tell us that we have direct access to God, to our high priest in heavenly sanctuary, because through his sacrifice, through his blood, he opened the way. You have full access to Jesus, our high priest in heavenly sanctuary. The beauty of it is that nobody can take it away from you. It doesn't matter what circumstances you're in. It doesn't matter what can change in your life. But you can always come to Jesus, your high priest in heavenly sanctuary, because you have that full access. No one can tamper with that privilege. There is no trial, there is no depression, there is no hurt, there is no persecution, there is nothing that the enemy can bring into your life that would interfere with your access to God. And when you are at the hardest point in your life, you can still kneel and pray and he will hear. One of our dear members gave me a gift maybe five years ago, a little plank that says, if you can't stand, kneel. If you can't stand, thank you, by the way. If you can't stand, do what? Kneel. You have, you have direct access to so first benefit that you will be a believer. It's a secret of personal power of Christians through the ages. And the more people were persecuted, the more strength and confidence they had in God because they, were, they, were, they knew this is their lifeline. This is your lifeline and my lifeline in future and now. It is the anchor of our faith. It is Jesus in, our heavenly, in his heavenly sanctuary. You remember when three worthies were brought to, to Babylon and they were forced to worship the statue that was made. You remember their response they had? The God that we serve, God that we serve, we will honor. And he is powerful enough to keep us from your fiery furnace. But even if not, he is our confidence. He is the one that we trust. So do you want to be a believer? Develop your personal relationship with God. This is benefit number one. Number, benefit number two, your prayer and your prayers will be different. Your prayers will be different. Now, if we read through the Bible, there are over 200 prayers in the Bible. Over 200 prayers in the Bible. And I did not do this study, but some people studied those prayers word by word to see what those prayers are all about. And they noticed that the prayers in the Bible are very different from prayers that we are praying. <laughs> Why are they different? Well, look, most of the time we are praying about external things. Lord, help me here. Lord, I need your help right here. And would you please not forget to work over here and do this and do that. When we look at the prayers 
in the Bible, many of those prayers, if not most of them, were about the heart and about getting to know God and having that peace and having the confidence. For example, um, Jacob, he prays for God's presence with, with him wherever he goes. Moses, let's listen to this prayer by Moses, Exodus 33, 13. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, what is he praying about? Let me know your ways, that I may know you. So people in the Bible, those who are praying, they're praying, Lord, help me to know you, help me to love you, help me to live for you, transform my heart, transform, transform my life. Remember David, when he prays, he, he, um, he expresses his faith in the qualities of God's character, his long suffering, his mercy, his forgiveness, and he says, cleanse me from within. Renew your spirit within me. Do you see the difference? The more you will spend time with God, the more I will spend time with God, our prayers will be different. By the way, the prayer will show your relationship with God. It will, it will show to your family, to your children, if you really have relationship with God. I've noticed recently that many people are afraid to pray in public. Maybe that's because they don't pray in private. How is your prayer life? Galina Stelle, one of my teachers, she shares the story how her mom became an Adventist. She's working for a general conference, the Department of Statistics. Um, Galina Stelle, she was one of my teachers in Zaukski Seminary. And she tells the story how her mom became an Adventist. So her dad was sent by a Russian government or education system all the way to Kamchatka. And Kamchatka is the far east, like in the middle of nowhere, further than Siberia. That's where her father, as a young man, was sent to work. And he met this beautiful girl. And she happened to be um, from an atheistic family that never heard about God, never believed in God. And, uh, and so as they were dating, he started opening up and sharing with her that, hey, I'm a believer. I believe in God and I'm an Adventist because he was, he was an Adventist by that time. But how is he going to tell her, her about his faith? She was hoping that this it too shall pass, you know, and we'll brush it off and we'll just move on with our lives. So she didn't pay much interest to his faith and she kind of questioned and challenged some of his views. But eventually, uh, they continued dating and there was time when he decided to introduce her to the church. The only church he knew 
was the church in a, in a village where his parents lived. So he decided one Friday, because Friday night that had like Vesper service, he decided he's going to bring her to the church so he, she can experience it for herself and decide if, if it's something that she would be <laughs> interested at all. So he said when they, well, they traveled by public transportation, then they walked quite a ways and rain started. So he, he, he was kind of afraid because the, the, the street was dark and they, they finally came. It wasn't a beautiful building. It, there was no praise music. There was no, no um, house of worship. It was just a private home because they were meeting in homes during that time. And most, time, most times was secretly. So the light bulb went out on the streets. So it was dark. And they finally came to this house. They entered. And he was hoping that there would be some young people in, the, in, in, in that meeting. But there was none. There were, there were some elderly people. Well, there was no, no music service, no songs. And the guy who was reading... They didn't have a preacher that night. So the elderly gentleman was given a copy of patriarchs and prophets or prophets and, or kings but, and kings. And the way they were typing those books in the typewriter, they would put 10 layers of carbon paper. And ladies that were typing, they had really to hit hard. So they covered windows with blankets so that neighbors would not hear how they were typing. But the last copy, you can imagine, it was so hard to read because the letters were kind of smeared and everything. So this gentleman, he could not read one sentence without stopping and, 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 and looking and coughing. And so Galina's dad, he was sitting through the service like this. And his girlfriend was with him. And she was sitting through the service like this. And... He said, everything that could go wrong went wrong that night. So they decided to go for a walk after the service. They go for a little walk, and <laughs> he works up the courage to ask her, so what do you think? <laughs> so, so he asked her, so what do you think? The answer she gave was the most incredible answer that you would ever hear. She said, I came to that building as atheist and unbeliever. And I left that little service as the person that believes in God. He was blown away. He said, so what happened? Uh, what, what, what impressed you? What, what was the, the factor that changed you? I, I, I don't see it. She said... Well, he said, the reader didn't do a good job. The place was dark. The place was small. There were no young people. What did you like about it? He said, yeah, I agree with you. Everything you said is right. But when people started to pray, when the reader at the end asked people to pray, and one babushka, which means old lady, <laughs> she started praying. And this lady started praying, and this gentleman started praying. They had like four or five prayers after, after they read the message. She said, when people started to pray, 
I felt something I never felt before. I knew that they know their God. I knew they are talking to someone they really know well. And I came out from that place as a believing person because there is God. If people can trust their God and talk to him like that. And she became a believer. She became a Sabbath school teacher. She became an author to write. And she raised children that serve on the general conference level today. A mother who also wanted to know the same God. The same way all those old ladies knew God and they were praying to God they knew. So benefit number one, you will become a believer if you develop your personal relationship with God. Young people, please include God in your life. Include God in your future. Develop your personal relationship with him. You will be a believer, number one. Number two, your prayers will be different. Your prayers will be different. Benefit number three, you will know who you are. Well, you may be wondering, what do you mean? Well, I needed this the most, I think. When I was 24, 25, I thought I'm invincible. I thought I'm the center of the world. <laughs> I thought I'm, I'm in charge of everything and I can do it. And I, I just thought that, hey, what do we need to know? We need to know the truth about ourselves. And we find it when we spend time with God in our brokenness, in our need for God. He reveals himself to us, and we know then that we are fully dependent on him, fully. A quick story. I was doing meetings in, in Kiev, and after the meetings, well, even before the meeting, one, one of the listeners came to me, and he said, Volody, I want to take you to eat after the, the meeting. So I said, okay, we, we can go. He was a visitor, and he was a, he was a church member, so he wanted to invite me for a meal. It was kind of late. It was, it was after like 8.30. And it was raining. It was cold. November in Kiev, it was so like rainy and cold. And he says, okay, we're going to ca catch a taxi on the street. We're going to go to some like one-hour distance uh, restaurant that I want you to, to go there with me, and I, I'll, I'll buy you a meal. I want to feed you. I'm, I, I, I'm so thankful. And so I said, okay. So we're standing on the road hitchhiking, and, and the guy pulls over, and so we get into the, into the car. It's like a private taxi. It's not, nothing official. It's just a, just a private car. And this guy who, who, who invited me, he's on fire for Jesus. He loves the Lord, and he wants to talk to anybody about Jesus. And he says, he turns to the driver, and he says, do you believe in God? Because we were going from evangelistic meetings, so he better be an evangelist. And I'm tired after speaking, so I just sit quietly. And he says to the, to the driver, do you believe in God? And the driver turns to us and he says, what do you mean? I am an automated biological machine. I'm a product of evolution. I'm a biological machine running on its own fuel and running itself. Whoa, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, he has this opinion, so, so be it, you know. My friend got so upset. He said, you are created in the image of God. You, you, are, you are 
sustained by God, and, and you don't believe in God, he got so upset, he says, please pull over, we want to get out of, the, of your car. I said, no, no, let's, let's drive. So anyway, what stood out for me was like, okay, do you know who you are? Are you an automated biological machine running on its own fuel, and <laughs> on its own brains, and on its own agenda? When we come to understand the scripture, scriptures and God, I come to understanding that I am nobody except a sinner saved by grace. Sinner saved by grace. Jeremiah says in 9.23, Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches, but let one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me. So Jeremiah lists three areas that people want to prove to the world. This is who I am. This is my wisdom. This is my accomplishments. This is my achievements. This is my power. This is what I can afford. This is what I can do. And the world is full of, of, of people who want to prove. What is your goal? What about your life. The benefit number three is that you will know that your first and foremost goal would be to know God, to understand Him. And in Him, we can find the real meaning and purpose for our lives. So first benefit was to become a believer. Second benefit, you, your prayers will be different. Benefit number three, you will know who you are. Benefit number four, if you know God, you will make through the time of trouble. You will make it. You will make through the most difficult times that may be ahead of us. But it is only by knowing God that you will be able to make through those times. In Daniel 11.32 it says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt, talking about the Antichrist and the power of the Antichrist, with flattery. But the people who know their God, what does it say? Shall be strong. If you wonder what kind of people will make through the time of trouble, are those that have a lot of rice stored, those who have rice and beans prepared, or those who have big concrete bunkers? I was reading recently that some people are buying bunkers, spending millions buying really big bunkers so they can hide through the time of trouble. That's not what the Bible tells me. You can run, but you can't hide. The times will come when our only safety will be in knowing God. Not even knowing the doctrine, not even knowing the prophecy, but knowing God personally. This is a lifeline of your soul and mine. I cannot stress it more, and more for myself and for every one of us. If you wonder who will make through the time of trouble, this is benefit number, five, number four. You will make it through the time of trouble. Why do you need that knowledge? Well, Bible tells us, first of all, that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Don't we see it in the world today? Wars and rumors of wars? It will be very easy to get disoriented. 
In those times you cannot trust feelings, but only, thus says the Lord, only sure word of God. I was just recently reading the report by National Transportation Safety Board about, about the crash that happened with Kobe Bryant on helicopter about a year ago. So they came up with findings and they published the report. So when the pilot wanted to go around the mountains and he got up to the elevation that was a little bit too high for a visual type of flying, he got into thick fog. And while he was telling Tower that he's still climbing, the gauges were showing that he was actually descending. He was going down. And he kept telling the tower, that they asked him again, are you, are you sure you're climbing? He says, yes, I'm climbing. So the voice is recorded. So the findings of the National Safety Board was that he became disoriented in the fog. He became disoriented in the fog. When we get into that fog, and we might be getting into it already with all the things that are happening in the world, we need to know how to go through. And the only way we'll be able to go through if we know our God and we go by the book. We need to, to be able to read the signs. We need to be able to know the path that God outlined for his people. So benefit number four, you'll make it through the time of trouble. Benefit number five, you will be the richest person in the world. Pastor, are you serious? Will I win the lottery? <laughs> what are you talking about? I will be the richest person in the world. Yes, you will be the richest person in the world if you know God. Look at this. For God who said, let this light shine of darkness, made this light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in what? In jars of clay. Talking about our bodies. And we have the treasure, the treasure of knowing Jesus. The treasure of knowing Jesus. Philippians 3.8 says, yes, indeed. Also, Paul says, I count all things loss. He says, later he says, rubbish, right? For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Now, Paul had all the privileges he could, you could think of in that society. But he says, I found the riches that are much greater. And he traded everything to know Christ. People who know God, they are the richest people in the world. Can you say amen to that? Nobody can take it away. The rust doesn't touch it. The thieves, nobody. Because you have your personal relationship with God. You'll be the richest person in the world. Number six, number six, you will become a new person. Your life will be transformed. 
It is the spiritual law. When you spend time with Jesus, you will be changed. It says, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. When do we behold it? When we spend time with God. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We are being transformed just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You may be fighting some kind of addiction. You may be looking at yourself and, and, and saying, there is no hope for me. I tried, I tried so many times. Keep trusting in Jesus. Keep looking up to him because it says in the Bible that spiritual law will work and it does work that you will be transformed. Do you need more patience? It will be given in proportion of you knowing God. The more you will know God, the more patience you will have. Maybe you say, well, pastor, I need more joy in my life. Well, it will be given to you in proportion of knowing God. The more you know God, the more joy you will have. Well, pastor, my marriage is in trouble. I want to, I want to, 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 to see the way out. I want to see the light in the end of the tunnel. God will bless your marriage and will help you in proportion of you getting to know him closer. Because you will be more like Jesus. Well, pastor, I have this addiction. I'm, I'm struggling in this area. Everything you need, God will give you in proportion of spending time with him. Benefit number one, we said you will become a believer. Benefit number two, your prayers will be different. Benefit number three, you will know who you are. Benefit number four, you will make it through the time of trouble. Benefit number five, you will be the richest person in the world. Benefit number six, you will become a new person. And benefit number seven is the best one, you will be saved. You will be saved. Because Jesus said that this is eternal life, that they may do what? Know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Wow! Now, by the way, no side effects. And it's free. The salvation is free, it's a gift. When Jesus comes, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and enter the joy of my Lord. You will be saved. Isn't God's greatest desire for you to be saved? Yes. Why don't you come to him today? Bible says that God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And who is truth? The truth is Jesus. Now, my friends, knowing God is the reason why we are here. Everything we do here with sound people, PowerPoint people, vi video team, people who clean the church, we pay the bills, the lights for one person that we will get to know him better and that we can help somebody else to know him better. Amen? If we do all of those things but we fail in one area, if we fail to spend our personal time with the Lord, then why did we do this? There is only one reason why we are here, is to get to know Jesus. 
any ministry is only as effective as it helped others in getting to know him better. How are you doing, my friend, today? How is it with your life? Do you spend time exercising? <laughs> with all the benefits, do you spend time to get to know Jesus?